Amen. Well, we're sticking with the Thanksgiving theme this morning, but we're not going to repeat what we did on Thursday. Thursday, if you were here, we had a great celebration of learning how to give thanks to God. And by the way, you were like a choir here on Thanksgiving. It was a privilege to be up front and hearing you offer those praises through song. If ever you wanted to volunteer to be on the worship team, volunteer on Thanksgiving Day because it is a joy to be up here hearing all of you sing. So we learned how to give Thanksgiving on Thursday. We're going to flip the script this morning. We're going to talk about and learn about Thanksgiving instead of Thanksgiving. Okay, Thanksgiving is easy, right? There, there's calls all throughout Scripture to be people who give thanks. It's not hard for me on Thanksgiving Day to find a passage to talk about, right? You, you go through all the Scripture. You can go to Thessalonians where Paul calls all people to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Or you can go to Ephesians when he tells the Ephesian Christians to always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can go back to the Old Testament. You can go back to King David, who says, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Right? You can go to almost any psalm, right? Psalms that again again call us to give thanks to God. Okay, thanksgiving is clear and easy. What about thanksgiving? What about learning how to receive thanks? So I, I began to wonder, does God have any instructions on, on how to receive thanksgiving when it's given to us? Right, thanksgiving day is, is primarily about giving thanks to God, right? That's the way it should be. But I would hope that that we are also people in a community that eagerly and often expresses our thanks to each other. Express our thanks to the people that God places in our lives and blesses us through. Right? Good parents. Good parents teach their children how to say two key words, right? Please and thank you. I guess that's three words. Please and thank you. If your parents don't teach you that, Barney will teach you that, right? That's, if, is Barney still around? Do people still listen to Barney, kids? No? All right. When my kids were little, there was that song, the Please and Thank You song from Barney. I won't sing it for you. I don't want to embarrass my kids. But Barney will teach you. Say please, say thank you. But I wonder how well most of us have learned to appropriately receive the thanks that are offered to us. Honestly, I think for most of us, receiving thanks makes us uncomfortable. We have a hard time receiving gratitude from others, even if it's well-deserved. Right? Think about your natural reaction. When somebody comes and wants to express their thanksgiving to you and is complimenting you and giving you thanks, I can guess what many of our responses are in situations like that. Many of us quickly dismiss our action. They, they, we dismiss the reason for gratitude with something like, oh, it was nothing. Oh, it was nothing. Don't worry about it. We minimize the whole thing, right? We brush it under the rug as unimportant, hardly worth mentioning. That was my grandma. My grandma could never receive a compliment. You tell her, Grandma, that was a great dinner. Oh, it was nothing. 
right? It was nothing. Not worth talking about. And many of us do that same thing. Somebody compliments us, it was nothing. Not worthy of even talking about. Or, or sometimes we've learned how to accept those, those words of gratitude on the outside and we say you're welcome or something, but inside our hearts and our minds we don't really believe it. We don't really believe that we're deserving of it or worthy of it. So, so it may look like we're listening and accepting on the outside, but on the inside our hearts are like a Teflon pan. None of those gratitude sticks. None of it sticks. And inside we know I really don't deserve that. And we call it, we call that humility, right? Even if it's false humility. We hold that up as a virtue sometimes. Woe is me kind of attitude. Still others of us, sometimes we fall into the trap of, of reciprocal giving. Right? We, we want to even the score in, in a good kind of way. You ever have that where you go to a Christmas party where you thought it was no gifts and, and you show up and somebody gives you a gift and you think, oh shoot, I don't have a gift to give to them because you're supposed to keep the score kind of even, right? So you can't even enjoy the gift they give because you feel too horrible because you didn't give anything to them. And so you find some way to even the score, right? Maybe you, you take them out to dinner later on or you give them a gift for their birthday and there, now you can feel good because you've evened the score. We do that when somebody says thank you to us. You know, they say thank you for something we did, and we say, oh, no, thank you. And we say thank you. There, now we're even. We've, we've evened the score on gratitude. Honestly, most of us aren't usually very good at thanksgetting. Right? And I will admit, looking through, looking through my Bible, there aren't a lot of passages on thanksgetting. Which is probably why we celebrate a Thanksgiving Day and not a Thanksgiving Day. But there is a lot we can learn from Scripture, from God Himself, from Jesus, about Thanksgiving. First of all, first of all, we need to look and see that now as we read through Scripture, we can clearly see from the Psalms and passages all throughout Scripture that God never denies the gratitude that's given to him for what he has done, right? The Bible is filled with people who are saying thank you to God, right? Stories of gratitude being expressed to God. You got the story way back in the Old Testament, Noah following the flood, right? Noah and his family are saved on the ark when the rest of the world is washed clean. The, the water finally recedes. The ark hits dry ground. They get out finally. They've survived. They've lived by God's grace. And what's the first thing Noah does? He builds an altar and offers a thank offering. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. The people of Israel leave in Egypt, right? Following Moses, they get to the Red Sea. They're trapped with Pharaoh's army coming. God parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground. The water crashes down over Pharaoh's army. Once they realize that they've been saved, what's the first thing they do on the other side of the Red Sea? They offer a celebration of thanksgiving to God for all that he's done, led by Miriam and her dancing, right? At harvest time, you can read all throughout Scripture, they give thanks to God for the harvest. When there's battles to be won and victory is granted, they immediately stop and they give thanks to God. There's at key moments of life, at weddings, at births of children, during the festival holidays that they have, a huge part of it is coming to God and saying, thank you, God, for all that you've done. And if you look at all those stories... Not one of them does God come and say, oh, you know what, it was nothing. 
Don't worry about it. Remember, I'm God, so giving you that victory was like no effort whatsoever. So just forget about it. It was nothing. You'll never see God doing that in Scripture. God accepts their thanksgiving joyfully. He basks in it. He soaks in it. He appropriately receives it. So if we're going to imitate Jesus, if we're going to imitate God as, as we talk about doing, then we cannot continue to just deny the thanksgiving that's offered to us. We cannot just dismiss it with another, oh, it was nothing, forget about it. We need to learn how to appropriately receive it. Perhaps the best place for us to start, maybe your basic lesson, is when somebody says thank you. How about saying you're welcome back again? When someone offers you a genuine thanksgiving, learn to simply begin by accepting it. Take away the Teflon pan and let it stick a little bit. Because by starting with that simple response of you're welcome, you are affirming the gift of gratitude that they are giving you. It's a gift. Don't turn the gift down. Even many, many of us will even have a hard time with this simple first step of just saying you're welcome. We've been deflecting gratitude for so long, maybe all of our lives, that will make us uncomfortable simply to accept it. Learning to say you're welcome is a wonderful place to start. But then there's more to go. You see, we can receive direction on how to most appropriately receive thanks from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Take your Bibles out. Turn with me there if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's interesting. This is a passage that's often pulled out and used by pastors and churches when it's time to encourage people to be generous, to give. Right? Because we're going to start at verse 6. And, and this is a passage that encourages generosity to God and to his people. I mean, that's what verses 6 through 11 begin with. Just read those. Start there, 6 through 11. It says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Okay, pause there for just a moment before we read on. If we are, and we've got to take away from these verses, if we are generous on every occasion, as Paul writes, if we are abounding in every good work, as he writes, in other words, if we're doing what God has called us to do, if we're being the kind of people God has asked us to be, then there will be naturally expressions of gratitude that come our way as a result. And that's exactly what the rest of this passage then addresses. 
What do we do with these responses to the good works that we're doing in Jesus' name? What do we do with these responses to the generosity that we're doing in Jesus' name? Listen to verses 12 through 15. This service that you perform is not only supplying the need to the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God has been given to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. All right, in those three verses, we really get three specific directions on on how we can best receive the thanksgiving that others give us. First of all, the first lesson we need to learn is that we need to recognize that, that the praise that is given our way, it ultimately belongs to God. The gratitude given to us really belongs to God himself. Right? Verse 13 reminds us that the service that we're doing and the generosity that we're giving to others around us is at its core, God at work through us. We are the avenues by which God re- releases his mercies. We are the avenues by which God gives his grace to this broken world. And so as we accept the gratitude given to us, we consciously pass it along to where it truly belongs, to God who is at work through us. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles out yet, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9, page 789 in the Bibles in front of you. There's a brief story here in Matthew 9 that I want us to see. Because we get to see what it means and what it looks like to pass along this gratitude to God. Here in Matthew 9, Jesus is in his hometown of Capernaum, and he works a miracle there, a miracle that deserves an immense amount of gratitude towards him. He changes a man's life forever. In fact, listen to the first eight verses of Matthew chapter 9. So as Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town, some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. Now, D. 
did you notice in this story, Jesus heals this man, and Jesus obviously deserves some thanks and some gratitude for what he has done. But did you notice at the end in verse 8 who the crowd gave the praise to? It says they praised God who gave this authority to men. It doesn't say, and they praised Jesus for all that he had done. They gave their praise directly to God because they recognized that God is the one at work here. God deserves the praise. They didn't ignore the fact that God worked through Jesus, through this man standing in front of them. But they also did not miss the fact that all good things come from the Lord God Almighty. And that the ultimate thanks goes to him. It's tempting. It's tempting for us to receive the gratitude and to hold on to it right here for ourselves. Because it feels good. It feels good to be thanked. And it should feel good. But the gratitude can't stop right here with us. We need to pass it on to where it truly belongs. To God who has given you the ability to do what you did. To God who has given you the resources to to give away. To God who has called you to serve and to help and to bless others in his name. We consciously give that praise back to God. First of all, for our own sake. So that we don't let our own pride ruin the gift. And it will. But we also give that, give that praise consciously to God for the sake of those who are giving the thanks as well so that they too will see God, so that their attention will be directed towards him. Right, so as we receive this gratitude from others, our first step after saying you're welcome is to make sure that the praise and the gratitude goes to where it belongs. It belongs to God who empowers us to give and serve and love and help in his name and by his power and by his spirit. Okay, that's the first lesson. Back, back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The very next lesson for thanksgiving, for thanksgiving, I should say, flows out of the next verse, out of verse 14. Right, in verse 13, we make sure that God receives the credit and the glory for working through us. It follows then that with all eyes turned towards God and credit being given to him where it belongs, that we would then ask for and receive prayers for wisdom and perseverance to continue to be used by God. Paul writes this, he says in, in verse 14, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Okay, here, that's a picture of appropriate reciprocal giving. Okay, what can we give back to somebody to whom we owe a debt of gratitude? We can give them our prayers, our thanks and our prayers that God would continue to use them. In fact, there's nothing better we could give them. There's no way that we can even the score for what somebody has done for us. Those to whom God has given resources to serve, resources to give, resources to help, they need nothing more desperate than our prayers. 
because they've been empowered by some kind of prosperity, right? Prosperity of wealth, prosperity of ability, some kind of ability. And there is no greater tool that Satan can use to pull us away from God than our prosperity. So when we experience someone using what God has given them, using their prosperity for God's purposes, commit to praying for them. Yes, a prayer of thanksgiving. And yes, a prayer that then they would continue to use the power God has given them for blessing and for good. And those of us who have been blessed with that prosperity, ask for those prayers. Recognize the partnership we have as both givers and receivers here. To those whom God has empowered to give and to serve, they desperately need people to be praying for them. That score will be settled if our prayers are given to them. And so finally, third lesson in thanksgiving. Paul says we need to learn how to boast appropriately. Sounds like an oxymoron to some of us who have grown up in the Christian faith because many of us have been taught that it's always wrong to boast, right? Don't be boastful. Boasting is wrong. But sometimes that attitude, that blanket attitude, is what leads us to that unhealthy false humility that's unable to receive any gratitude, right? It's that, it's that false humility that says all boasting is wrong that, that becomes that Teflon pan that keeps anything from sticking to us, any gratitude. We refuse to let it sink in. And that's sad. That's sad because God really does want us to be able to hear his well done spoken to us when we have served him faithfully and obediently. And often, our God speaks well done to us through the people around us. That's where his voice comes from. That's where we hear him. So I would hope that, that if, if some way, by some miracle, you got to hear the audible voice of God, and the audible voice of God said to you, thank you, Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for fulfilling my calling in your life. I hope that your answer wouldn't be, uh, it sucks, it was nothing. I hope you wouldn't dismiss it as unimportant. So why would we do that when God speaks as well done to us through other people? If by some miracle you got a thank you note, a thank you card in the mail from God, from God himself saying, thank you for all that you have done in my name. Would you just throw it away in the trash and say, that doesn't count for anything? I hope not. So why when God sends us notes through his people, when God says to somebody, lays it on their heart and says, you need to send a thank you note for what they've done in my name, why do we say, ah, it doesn't matter, unimportant, and throw it in the trash? We need to listen to God's well done spoken to, to us through his people. And, and appropriately receiving thanks done right 
You know what it does? It empowers us for even more cheerful giving and serving. Right? You know how that works. A child who's praised by his father will keep doing what he's praised for more and more and more. And a student who hears praise from her teacher will study more and do better. And an employee who hears praise from her boss will, will try to work even harder. And someone who learns to accept thanksgiving instead of repelling it will naturally be encouraged to serve and to give and to love even more. We need to hear those expressions of gratitude. Otherwise, we will grow tired. We will grow weary of doing good. We need to hear God's well done spoken to us and have a healthy pride. A healthy pride in being someone that God has chosen to use. And that is then what we boast in. Right? It, it's interesting. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the very next chapter that, we, uh, that Paul continues to write this letter. And we're not going to read that chapter, but I encourage you maybe to read the second half of it for your devotions today. Because Paul goes on in, the, in chapter 10 to defend his ministry to the Corinthian believers. But it, he has a whole perspective, a whole section on boasting here. It starts in verse 13 and goes to the end of that chapter. He says in verse 13, he says, We will, however, not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned us. Now, isn't that interesting? Paul doesn't say we will not boast, period. That's not what he says. He doesn't ban all boasting. He doesn't say all boasting is bad doesn't dismiss it. Instead, he makes it clear that there is appropriate boasting and inappropriate boasting. And he defends his boasting in the next two verses. As he says, we are not going too far in our boasting. And he says, neither will we go beyond our limits by boasting. Okay? He's boasting about the work that has been done through him. He's proud of it. He's happy with what God has been doing. And he's not going to ignore the fact that God has used him well. He's not going to say, oh, it was nothing. No, it was something. It was something that God did through him. And he's proud that God used him. And so he makes the, pro the, the proper limits of boasting clear in verse 17. He simply says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Okay, boast in what the Lord has done in you and through you. Be proud, a healthy pride in being used by God to make a difference in someone else's life. Accept the affirmation that's given to you and give the glory to God who is at work in you. That's proper boasting. You know, Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us that each one of us is God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. 
God's got a plan for you. He's got good works for you. He's empowered you to do them. He's given you those abilities. He's given you that prosperity and called you to do it. You and I are called to do those good works in this world to the people he has surrounded us with. Those good works, when we're faithful to our calling from God, will bring gratitude and thanksgiving our way. They will. And if they don't, then we need to go back to Thanksgiving Day and learn how to be better thanksgivers as well. They will come your way. And to simply dismiss and ignore the thanksgivings offered to you would be to deny who God designed you to be. God gave you those gifts. God gave you those opportunities. God's spirit empowered you. Don't deny that God is using you. And yet, on the other extreme, to hoard those thanksgivings for yourself, to keep them all right here, to take credit for all that, would be to steal what truly belongs to God. Right? It belongs to Him. It's God working in you and through you. It's God who's called you and empowered you. To learn how to receive those thanksgivings appropriately, giving credit to God, and letting, that, letting it encourage us towards even greater service in his kingdom is to honor God as we boast in the Lord. And that is a thanksgiving lesson that will honor him, that will move us forward to do the good works, the even better works that God has called and prepared us to do. Let's pray that we will be those kind of thanksgetters. God, thank you. Thank you for calling us and empowering us and gifting us to be productive members of your kingdom. Thank you for giving us opportunities to speak into people's lives. For giving us opportunities to help change lives in your name. What a privilege. What a joy. And Father, for those of us sitting here who wonder how we've been called, who wonder how we've been gifted, who doubt that there's any good works that's been prepared for us, please open up our eyes to see what you have prepared us for. Please give all of us the courage to step into those opportunities, to use the prosperity of gifts and wealth and opportunity that you have poured into our lives for your kingdom purposes and for your kingdom glory. And Father, when the gratitude comes back our way, when the thanksgiving is offered to us, may we receive it appropriately. May we be grateful for the opportunities you've given us. May we hear your well done spoken to us. And may we point our hearts and the hearts of everyone we know to you, the giver of all good things. Father, thank you for the privilege of being used by you for your kingdom purposes and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.